Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Here we go, Silver 7's 5 o'clock hours here. Jed helping us out at the set. Willie Ramirez, breaking news, telling people's girlfriends or uh, boyfriend has been traded. What the hell's going on here? Is this real? Yes. What are you doing? Do we have breaking news? You're going to tell me first before you tell someone's girlfriend? Yeah, I tried, but you were... Yeah, I did tell you. I said, oh, look. I have been yapping a lot today doing, have, doing this radio show. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, you're back from vacation. You're a little overzealous. I am uh, very overzealous today. and, and uh, Eager there's, beaver. There's always other factors that could have me extra jacked going yeah. into a show. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, Rutgers traveling to USC, stuff like that. Yeah. Hey, you should be happy with those road games. You'll be able to zip across the, the, the state border. So Centennial High graduate, mm-hmm. Troy Brown Jr., former Wizard, former Bull, he has signed a deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So his girl, yeah, she's a close friend of ours. Jordan mine, the perfect, she, she's a trainer herself. But she, uh, I texted her and said, hey, Troy to the Lakers, huh? She goes, uh, you're breaking it to me. That's news to me. <laughs> do you feel bad when you do that? No, of course not. So then she texted me a little bit. She goes, Troy just texted me about the deal. I can't believe that you beat him. I'm shook. 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 Is shook good or bad? Or shook means like I'm, you know, I'm stunned that you beat you beat him to the punch. Freaking so. people out, dude. Yeah. It's all right. It's my thing. She'll tell him. Pops told me. I promise this hour I will not be overzealous on Cofield and Company. I will not. I will calm down. Big five time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. You know, I wasn't watching Wimbledon, but I saw that one of my favorite athletes of all time, Serena Williams, lost. The greatest female athlete of all time. I'm not going to argue with you. I actually, I think what she's done into her 40s is incredible based on the standard that was set over the last, whatever, 50 years of women's tennis. Like Martina was a unicorn. But Martina playing in her late 30s was never this good. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. Serena Williams is awesome. She's fantastic. So she could walk soon. So how does that make you feel? A little melancholy. Just, you know, you're watching another, you know, and we've been around a long time. So the era of, you know, that, that's watched her play, the younger generation, there's like, you know, they're watching careers end for the first time. We've watched plenty of careers end. Got me to thinking, um, if we've seen Serena in her last match, who are some of the athletes that we, in our time, were sorry to see grow old? I don't feel anymore, so I'm not the person to ask. I'm a hardened soul. Okay, let me. Let me I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've had I've had athletes move on, and I've gotten before you were a hardened sports talk radio guy who's cantankerous and tumultuous. So like before I was twelve. Minus the sports talk host part. Before you became a bully. <laughs> I was at, you know, I was actually, uh, I was happy but sad at a uh, 1995, if I have it right, wild card game between the Yankees and Seattle. I was at the game and Mattingly came out and I was like, this is just about the end. Yeah. But I was just really happy that he was playing because he was my favorite player. You know, one of my favorite baseball players in the mid 80s into the early 90s. But, you know, his back jacked him up. Um, it's probably a little sad when Jeter walked. I wasn't the biggest Jeter fan. But, it, you know, for me, um, and it's just it's kind of the same thing with Serena Williams. It's about eras, and it's about what those eras meant to you. And you nailed it on the head. For guys our age and other people out there, women, anyone who's a sports fan our age, you already had, like, your childhood 
heroes walk probably like 15 years ago and now like the middle of your life hopefully if you live a long life now those people are starting to walk like i'll tell you right now um i was a little i think even, we're in the even, third era even i i think we're getting there yeah um even though the man delivered just misery for me for years and years and years when i actually thought for like three seconds that brady was walking i was a little sad right i know i'm going to be sad when lebron goes and that's probably in the next three or four years. Would you have been as sad if he was with uh, if he was with the Patriots still? Because he was with the Bucks, and it was, a, it was somewhat of a feel good. It, it but, actually but, it did soften it for me. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Because the, then I could so, I could uh, I could appreciate what he did without uh, having him you know just freaking pound my soul all the time with Belichick. But yeah, it, it it happens, dude. It's gonna you know you have favorite athletes or people you like the way you know the way they handle themselves, role models, all that stuff. Is there anyone else you can think of? Over yeah, the my well, my number one. I was I was in attendance for this in 1980. Oh wow! Uncle Paul got ringside tickets, and my grandfather and I went and watched Larry Holmes and Muhammad Ali. Okay, so to watch like Andre the Giant or something. No, to watch Muhammad Ali ah, in terrible. that fight, and yeah. that was the second to his last That's fight. Sad. But watching yeah. and but what and I've gone back and watched that fight. On YouTube, I've I've sat there and, and listened to the commentary, and to watch Larry Holmes lay off yeah. at times, yeah, you know what sad. I mean. Um, that, yeah, was, that, right. was, that was that was that was the fight game is I mean is a whole different level. And those were fifteen round heavyweight fights back then. Yeah. Remember that that you was just, fifteen rounds. So and you're talking about the greatest, yeah. right? That, I mean, he was named that for a reason. So for me, that was my that's my number one overall. I can't top that. As far as someone watching them grow old. Now, you know, you, you say, you know, watching. I, I mean, think about this. We, as young sports buffs, right, when we were kids, we just got done watching Winning Time. We watched that Magic Era retire. Yeah. We watched the Jordan slash into Kobe era retire. Now we're about to watch, and I'm using NBA as an example, for, for obviously, the LeBron KD they're getting up there. We have gone through three, in reality, three eras of of sports because we could probably I'm trying to make us feel old. What are you doing? We could, no. <laughs> I get what legendary. You're <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. I had yeah. to think of a word. Yeah, we're uh, sorry, we're going to get closer. We can keep these jobs. We'll get closer to Koken. Uh, Koken stat is the uh, legendary Koken. Number four. Number four. All right, so where are the odds right now on the Knights? Now that a coach is in place, Riley Smith is back. Got the big softball game coming up. That's going to be a motivator, a booster. Come on now. Maybe not the softball game. But July 18th, Battle for Vegas, LV Ballpark. Get your tickets. Yeah, uh, uh, you want odds on that or you want odds on what they're going to do in the Stanley I don't, Cup? I don't know there's going to be odds on the Battle for Vegas. But I don't think so either. There may be some problems. But Stanley Cup odds for the Knights are as high as they high as they are since the first season. Since the first season. Yeah. Um, they opened sixteen to one at a local book. They dipped a little bit. Colorado's the overwhelming favorite to repeat, um, followed by Toronto, and just behind Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay. And then you got the rest of the pack. Um, there's some long shots in there. You know, I, I I had a chance to write a little bit of a a column for for a website. Um, Little sports, but you know, just like futures and looking at the, and I had to enlist my my good friend Dave Shane to get his thoughts, um, who's now on the sports betting beat at the Review Journal, and we were talking, and um, he brought up some good ones to include in my column. One of them being 
the Vancouver Canucks, which I found to be very interesting. And so I started delving into it because when you talk about when you talk about uh, when you talk about futures to win an entire title, right? You in your mind, your mindset. You want them to get into the playoffs if you're a big odds guy. Like so, if you want to go for a sick, a forty, a sixty, an eighty to one to get in there, you want a big shot there. So all you're hoping is they can get in the playoffs. Well, once Bruce Boudreau took over that franchise after Travis Green was fired, that was one of the. How many times do we hear Coken talk about that? Remember, they were one of the best franchises. So it was interesting. The odds they brought that up to me. He mentioned Dallas with Peter DeBoer because of how he's always been with the first year with programs. So there's some there's some good long shots out there. Just remember, the bigger the long shot, then you're holding that ticket. You just want them to get in the playoffs. Don't worry about if you think they can win the whole thing because in hockey, you get in with the hot goaltender, you get in with the hot run. You can make some money. Coming up, the rest of the Big Five, as uh, we'll be joined by uh, our good friend Daniel McCartan from WFAN in New York. We'll get to the situation with the Yankees and Joey Gallo a little more on the Pac-12 or the Big 12 falling apart and what that means for Mountain West Conference schools. And, of course, Kevin Durant asking for a trade from the Nets. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Nine fourth quarter points at 75% of her scoring in that fourth quarter. Here's a three. Jules hit one from here earlier and hits one, and that was the biggest one of the night for Jewel Lloyd. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Aces lose. We'll get into that towards the end of the sour. Willie Ramirez, Silver 7s. Danielle McCartan is here with us. It's Cofield. Danielle, of course, one of the hosts at WFAN in New York. Vacationing in Vegas more and more often now that things have opened back up. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, that didn't really stop me anyway, You, as no, you know. <laughs> no, you came out here a couple times I uh, just, when COVID was still a thing. Yeah, I just it love it here. It is still a thing. It is still a thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I just love it out here, and I appreciate you having me on every single time that I'm here. So she hustled over from the Strip to uh, yep. Silver 7. So let's continue on some of the, uh, the topics we had in the Big Five. Uh, first of all, we've had two major stories today, Kevin Durant coming up in like five minutes, but also – UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten, which for us out here as a West Coast market is massive because what the hell is now going to happen to the Pac-12? Is it going to be cannibalized by the Big 12? Will it eat up the Big 12? And then there's all the Mountain West Conference schools who have all dreamed of what just happened with BYU, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and uh, who am I blanking on? Houston, right? going to power five what do you think willie what's going to happen i i don't think that i don't think that the immediate target will be the mountain west conference i think that there are obvious markets that you would say hey you know unlv it's las vegas san diego state boise state but i don't think that they are ideal schools that Mount, you know, coming from the Mount West, I just don't see that the Pac-12 when there are other options for them to go and, as you've been saying, cannibalize other conferences. I think there are other targets before yeah. they hit the Mountain West. I'm seeing more and more Washington and Oregon and Colorado and Utah are reaching out to the Big 12. Now, here's the thing: 
these commissioners make a lot of money, and this is when they earn their money. And uh, Klyakov is making like five mil a year. I mean, it's clear Larry Scott sucked. The former commissioner of the Pac-12 was a disaster. They were close to adding Texas and Oklahoma. This whole thing could crumble the Pac-12 because they didn't move on it. He couldn't bring the schools together. Um, I, the way I see it sorting out is um, a couple more schools, at least two more Pac-12 schools will be invited to the Big Ten. Yep. And then from there, I think the Big 12 has a good chance to grab a bunch of these schools. And then whatever's left of the Pac-12 will probably be with the Mountain West. So I guess the Mountain West will add some schools. It'll be the schools that have nowhere to go. So for Mountain West Conference fans, you know, for Dreamers here in Vegas, I mean, I would love to see UNLV in the Pac-12, but what kind of Pac-12 is it at that point? So for the big markets, the, you know, the real markets, uh, Denver and Vegas and San Diego, you, you may be looking around going, wait, we still didn't get the invite, and now we're adding Washington State and Oregon State. Yay. So, you, so, so there's two gone. Brings you to ten. They invite two more, whoever it may be. You're down to eight. And let's say the Big Twelve comes calling, and they grab four. Leaves you with four. Do you take what when the Mountain West decided, to, and they dissolved conferences, and they say, okay, here's what we're going to form. We're going to take this, take this. Do you just form a whole new? Does the pack? Does the remaining schools join the Pac-12? Does the Mountain West? So, do some schools join the Pac-12, or do you just combine it and change the name? Well, I'm I'm along the lines with uh, what Brad Powers was saying earlier that there could be like two conferences with 24 teams apiece, like the Big 24 and the SEC, Super and then everything else is Group of Five. Yeah, which might not be terrible for the Group of Five. Um, they'll be able to get TV deals. There's going to be interesting college football deals out there. Um, I wanted to move on to local Joey Gallo. So you're wearing your uh, Yankee jersey. I hope you're not in the stands booing our guy Joey Gallo, Las Vegas. I am not. My God, this has turned into a mess, and I wonder what the Yankees are going to do. Do you sell low? Uh, no. So Joey Gallo, by the way, um, in April I was out there and I said, "Hey, like I know you're Bishop Gorman grad. So is my friend Christina, and like the whole the whole thing. Like we had this little connection. <laughs> the, the BG ties, which is great, you know. So um, you don't sell low on him." Um, I know Yankee fans are really frustrated with him, and he's expressed it to me in the clubhouse. And he was like, listen, like, there's only so much I can do when I watch a third baseman grab an outfielder's glove and run out to left field to go play defense against me. And then when I'm done hitting, or if I'm on base, they come in and they grab their infielder's glove back. He said, you know, I thought they were trying to make this game go faster. It's slowing the game down. Now, when you play in, like, I play in a women's league, sometimes they play me four cross in the outfield, which, like, sucks. So what do you do? Do you adjust? Try to hit the ball elsewhere? Me? I mean, it's hard. Right? It's hard. You, you're, if with him, he's dealing with, with break of, you know, 12 inches on a pitch. It's, it's, it's not easy to go to right field. I mean, he led – I talked to him, and I was like, hey, like, you know, you were really up there in the league with bunt hits last season. And he was like, no, I led the league in bunt hits last season. So I'm just wondering where that's going to come into effect because, as you know, once you start bunt hitting it, then they have to play you straight up. Yeah, it also kind of defeats the purpose of a guy who's a 40-homer guy. If he's having to lay down, you know, 30 bunts a year, it's a bad situation. I I will say this about Yankees fans, and I grew up a Yankees fan. I'm still a Yankee fan. I think they're morons when they boo their own players. So I understand you're frustrated. I I don't understand it. Uh, Willie, I'm sure I've told the story before, but – I don't know. I was going to fight over Terry Mulholland in the Yankee, St- uh, Yankee Stadium bleachers one time because they were booing him. I'm like, I don't get what's the point. I don't, I don't know. You know, if you want to, I'm all for booing an organization. Like, if they suck and they don't try, but getting on certain players, it just, 
it, it, it's counterproductive. It's, yeah, it totally is. Yeah, I totally agree is. with you. I think, I think he's going to get traded. I think he still Definitely. has some value. Well, you just said, you, no, you don't think they're going to sell him low. I think they are going to sell him they're low. They're not going to sell him low. Uh, Yankee fans, the best that they can hope for is for a quick little turnaround from him for, uh, in the next, I don't know, Better month. happen soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Willie? What's going to happen to Gallo? Where does he land? Does he stay uh, there or does he go elsewhere? Well, I think that I think it is, at a certain point they're going to have to – the deci- they're going to be pressed to make a decision based on production, and it's and which, as Daniel said, is kind of out of his hands. Um, if he does get dealt, I, I just have to wonder: like, is does he head west? Does he head to a, is it regional? Is it contender? Um, and how much input is he going to have? You know, I think that there's a lot of factors that you have to weigh in with a with a with a player like that, and getting dealt in the middle of a season. What do the Yankees need? Yeah, it's not a situation of if he gets traded. It's pretty much when he gets traded and what they can get for him. Uh, What do the Yankees need? I would like to see another starting pitcher for the Yankees because you look at the guys like uh, like a Nestor Cortez and a Jamison Tyone and a Luis Severino. These are all guys that have not pitched an excessive amount of innings for the past couple of years. So... You know, at what is their innings limit? You know, the Yankees know that number. No one knows that number except for them. So I would like another starting pitcher for this Yankees team so that they can switch to a six-man rotation so that they can limit the number of innings that these guys who – Nestor Cortez, he hasn't pitched an entire full season at the major league level ever. Uh, so if it's me, I'm switching to a six-man rotation until it's fall ball, basically. I, the one person you left off that list is Cole. I – you know, yeah. Well, on he, purpose. I, I'm, <laughs> I, uh, I, I remember when that dude came in the in the league, and it was rare that him and Kevin Gossman were the two that were touching the hundred like it was natural, and just the progression of both. But I just think the teams have figured him out. I have every time I see him up, I try to find a reason to bet to, to, to write up an analysis to go against him. Now yes, he's got a winning record and he's their 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 top guy, but I just like to find I always am looking at value when he's up to use the team against him. Well he gives up a lot of home runs. That has always been his problem. He gives up the long ball. So if you're betting, you know, to Homer you look at those guys against Garrett Cole, and it's a good chance that, that they're going to hit a home run against yeah. him because he has the propensity to give up the long ball. Yes. Yeah. How's that plan working out for you so far, Willie? Betting against Garrett Cole? I, I, I didn't say every single game. <laughs> Don't get carried away. <laughs> I said when there's value. The one thing He that started I, 15 games this year. Twice he's allowed more than three earned runs. You're not winning much money on that one. He's been blown up twice. What are the Yankees? You're, if it's price... If you're hey, if you're like hey, I'm not going to go minus two seventy, three hundred, three twenty on Garrett Cole, then I understand that. But I wouldn't consistently be playing against him. I didn't. You say sound con- like a Yankee I, fan. I did not say <laughs> consistent. You're, you're, Garrett Cole again. You're you're putting words in my mouth and That's you're twisting and taking it out of context. That's not what I said. I said that I constantly will look. He's up. I am looking for the value, and I'll go to his baseball reference page. I'll look at his career against those teams, yeah. and I will check to see what he's done. So, the Yankees are eleven and four with him on the bump. Okay, so let's go look at the prices. Is it going to if you put a hundred dollars on each? It's not going to be. Uh, he's not going to be plus seven hundred. Do you have his money for the year? Can you look that up? I'm curious to hear that one. We can you get guys it. Keep we talking. We can, we can. We can get it after the break. Um, I would say 
uh, a Gallo deal, if you want a, a, a starting pitcher, would be for a guy like Kyle Freeland, who pitches for the Rockies, who's thrown to like a 4.3 ERA. They just signed him to about $6 million a year, so you get him long term. But that's, I actually think that's wishful thinking. So we'll, uh, we'll come back on this. I want to get to Kevin Durant, his wish list, what just happened. Kyrie opts in, and Kevin Durant says, I want out. Awesome giveaways and promotions all week long at the William Hill Raisin Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. They wanted selfless, team-first, available players. Don't forget that that is the focus. As you construct on the trade machine, remember that the Nets want to have a team going forward that fits that vision that Joe Tsai and Sean Marks laid down. And the third thing I think is most important is the executives wondering where Kyrie Irving is going to go. If Kevin Durant is on the first train out, Kyrie Irving will be on the caboose as far as the Nets are concerned. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. There you go. NBA expert, BBW, big Brian Windhorst. Talking about KD and Kyrie. So it was a Garrett Cole money. How if, much? How much has he won this year? If you bet on him right, to, to win a hundred, you're up what? Three nineteen after fifteen starts. That's pretty solid. I'm in for that. Good turn. Good turn. You were supposed to jump on the biggest dog. I gave you that. I was in California. Those dummies won't legalize sports gambling. So, and I bet baseball games yesterday. Bastard. I split. I didn't get a chance to. Uh, to go through all the games today, so I'll get back on it tomorrow. I did say I would do it. And then I will blame you in September when I'm down big. Yeah. Will or me. That's the way it, it always happens that way. Sure. It's my game. It's your fault I'm losing. Daniel McCartan's here with us. Silver Sevens. Come on down. Get the A-Play card. You got all the cool gift giveaway days like uh, Sunday, Tuesday, Fridays. What's coming up this week? Actually, check that. Next week. Tuesday giveaway. Ooh, a wireless doorbell. That would be nice. I have one of those. You accumulate 1,777 <laughs> points. Playing on Tuesday, July 5th, wireless doorbell. And they've got a bunch of goodies for around the house. So come on down here, get the A-Play card, and play the machines and the tables here at Silver 7s. Happy hour every day, 3 to 5, 277 on margaritas, shots, and beers. So big news, but not shocking. Uh, Kevin Durant says he wants out with the Nets. And I have a lot of thoughts on this. I don't like when this stuff plays out publicly. I wonder what the reaction is in New York. I don't know what Kevin Durant's, what his stature is in New York. What is it? People love him. They do already. People love him. Yeah, he's is the heart because and soul the other, the other two guys were so not lovable, Kyrie and yeah. James Harden? Yeah, but Kevin Durant, the guy's a worker. You know, people respect him and, and, the, the, and what he brings to the court. And Kyrie Irving's a flake. I, I called him an uh, unreliable flake the other night on the radio, and people kind of took to that. And, you know, Harden wanted out. You know, it's not what he signed up for, and I don't blame him either. Like, he didn't sign up for a part-time player in Kyrie Irving. He signed up to be a big three. They played 16 games together. That's it. That's it. It's the biggest disaster in NBA history is that that, that big three that, that really now wasn't. And like you said, Steve, it's not surprising that, that it's going to dissolve itself soon. It's, it's not surprising that you tell me that New York loves Kevin Durant because I got news for you. When, you know, years and years ago, when it started coming out how truculent he was with the media, 
I was trying to explain to people how it was, how it is for us when we're covering USA basketball, and the droves. And Steve, you've been out there, right, at, at Mendenhall during that. And when they let you loose, and they Craig Miller says okay, and then you and you surround, and they don't have time to breathe, and you're just suffocating them. And it's no wonder that he came because it was after that that it came. You know, it sort of come across he's sort of the way he is with the media, but. I personally have never had a problem with Kevin Durant, whether it's been at USA Basketball or an event here in Las Vegas. And he's he's always been pleasurable to talk to because I don't come at him, you know. Now, granted, the beat writers they're going to challenge him during uh, truculent times and everything. But you talk about his work ethic; that is the last. Do- and you know who he would always do one-on-one drills with every single July when they come here. James Harden, hmm. even after they split out of OKC. Hmm. Those two, Utah, the last two on the court, there would be guys that would already be out of their workout clothes, into whatever they're wearing, to get on the bus, to go back to the win or encore, whatever, and they're still doing their drills. That dude's work ethic is beyond yeah. insane. It's Kobe Bryant-esque, really. Yes. Yep. And, and people were talking, you know, I like when I watch him do the post, uh, post-game press conferences. He's got the box score and, and the media notes in front of him, right. you know, and he won't rush to any sort of judgment. He'll look at it. He'll assess it. I mean, listen, you can't blame him, though, at this point. If you're a net fan, if you're from New York, the feeling is you can't blame him for wanting out. I mean, it's it's like Brooklyn is burning and he's just trying to get out of it. Yeah. Should the Nets try to? Men things keep it together, not Kyrie, but well. Then if there's no Kyrie, then then what are you doing? There's no, you know, Ben Simmons. Is he even going to play next year? The guy loves sitting on a bench and getting paid to do it. So if you're again, if you're Kevin Durant, you know, if you're a fan of him, you're like, well, then he deserves better. And I don't think there's something to men. I don't think that at this point he he's demanded a trade. Yeah, he wants out. Yep. Okay, it's not always the end game. Yeah. They, they're not going to win. They're not going to win. Well, you do realize they they, but they can't tear it all down because they have no first round picks forever. Houston has like every every draft for the next five years. What are you going to get for Kevin Durant? Well, yeah, I think that's why he's attractive. The trade is that <laughs> you can potentially get you know three or four players and some of those picks back. Yep, and try to be competitive and then try to lure another superstar at some point. And maybe Kyrie will actually play the whole freaking year and not forget go, him. you know, Gaga. Yeah, forget him. Well, you saw rumors earlier about. Yeah, I mean, there was we a, talked about Windhorse. Yeah, BBW, Windhorse, Windhorse. BBW still believes there's packages that could work for both get, of to them get, to, to get to LA to get at least Kyrie to the Lakers, or maybe, maybe no, both. No, his tweet was his message was that it is, according to someone whomever he has been told, there is a package in place that could bring Kyrie and Kevin Durant to the Lakers. I'll believe that when I see that. That would be. Were they sending LeBron to to Brooklyn <laughs> and, and Bronny too? The rights to Bronny in twenty twenty four. What are we doing here? And his unborn children. So if Kyrie's the reason that Durant wants out, why would Durant agree to go with Kyrie anywhere? Yeah, right. It. I don't believe it. Is it the hey Kyrie was mostly behaving himself with LeBron, so maybe it'll work with LeBron. Maybe he's the only guy to work with. Or is it as we always say, you know, when the Golden Knights. It, in, in certain, is it the agent just feeding, 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 getting it out there, pumping it, pumping the hype? 
For what, though? Like, what's the end game? I mean, Kevin Durant's locked into the deal. I mean, he's making $42 million, whether it's in Brooklyn or L.A. or wherever. Right. That's... You know, it's not like he's lobbying for a new deal. No. He's just looking to win. Kevin Durant is looking to win. Period. I personally said earlier, because the names came out, that his list was Phoenix and Miami, and then the Sixers entered the conversation. I would love to see how it could work in Memphis. Because I've been a Memphis Grizzlies fan since they won the Summer League title here a few years ago. And I became a fan of, why is his name escaping? Who's the new coach? They're the, no, he's not new now. I, I can't even think of his name. And, I, and I'm sitting there saying I became a fan of him that year. He decided he was going to be the coach of the Summer League team, which is unheard of. You usually sit back and observe, let your assistants do it. He decided... That he was going to coach that team, and they ended up winning. Taylor Jenkins, thank you. He just, they won the whole title, and it was because he saw, and it was John Morant's uh, draft year. He had saw the potential with that young core, and he wanted to build and grow with them, not sit back and watch. And I just was impressed with that, and I've followed them ever since. And I hope that they have success. And I just think it would be I intriguing. Just, yeah, I just don't think they're close enough. I think Kevin Durant, I mean, he's, what, 30, 33, whatever he 34. is? 34. Yeah. If you had to bet it right now, uh, odds on where Kevin Durant could land. Suns plus 175, Heat 300, staying with the Nets 5-1, to one, Knicks 8-1, to one, that should be 80-1. to one. Yeah, forget uh, that. Grizzlies 8-1, to one, Hawks 12, Blazers 16, Celtics 18, Raptors 20. I actually agree with Willie. I think the Grizz are actually a great match. But here's the thing. If I'm the Nets, I'm rating some of their young talent. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean they can't win with John Morant and Kevin Durant, but that would be the team I would look at. Yeah. Which brings me back to last week when I saw a bunch of people laughing at that possibility that Memphis could be involved, and I'm like, why? Why? They have they have a top, I'll, I'll say a top ten player in the NBA, and John Morant. That club's of interest. If they can, if they can not gut the whole team to make the deal with the Nets, I think that's a great landing spot. You said the 76ers. Yeah, they're, you know they, they're they, not. That's they're not on this odds board. But you said what? Embiid wants them. Yeah, Morey, there was a tweet, I, I can't remember, it was a verified account, so I was, that's why I made sure I checked before, but it was that they had entered the conversation to reach out. Didn't mean that he added them to the list. Mm. That it, would be an interesting fit for me. That's a championship team with Kevin Durant on that roster. They will win the championship. If I'm Kevin Durant, I might really consider the 76ers. Well, he... It, it's probably the same thought process that he's going through with the, by putting the Suns on there because yeah, well. D, D Book is a, is a, is a, is a guy who's he's you know he's put in his time in terms of where he's ready to be you know he's already somewhat yeah. making it to the finals a couple of years ago and evolved in being a superstar but he's right there that could use a mentor like that you already got Chris Paul in place yeah. so I mean that that would be an interesting fit. I'll start with Memphis. I'll take Desmond Bain, Zaire Williams, and Jaron Jackson. Because that helps the money. Jaron Jackson, believe it or not, actually is up to $29 million a year this coming year. So what? that's a start for me. Oof. I'll do that. Let's get it going. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Let's get it lobbied. Well, you know the Heat, the heat are going to do anything they can. Yeah. I mean, Riles at 77 years old, I mean, this it's go time now. It's winning time. Can they get him, though? I mean, he's on the list. I mean, they're on the list. So. Yeah, they're on his list, so anything's possible. I mean, the, the teams that are on his list, obviously it's it's – it's possible. 
trying to pull up the uh, rosters in the NBA are impossible now. I'm trying to pull up the uh, yeah. salaries. Yeah. See who's actually under contract. Where's the don't, we don't spot we have the, track is a we good have, website. Do we have the trade generator? Remember they used to have that on the well, and you can start punching. You know, we got we got a warning today from John Hollinger, who's really good on the NBA with again with the Nets. Don't do the trade generator because the you're not the Nets are not tearing it down. Like again, the, you can't when when just like the the Laker whenever if the Lakers ever choose to tear it down. They're going to be like, hey, let's rebuild. No, all your picks are with the Pelicans. You can't. Like, you have to either be mid-level or slightly above mid-level or whatever. Somehow circumvent the cap. This is where whoever the capologists are, you know, with the GMs, with some of these teams, like, you better be super creative because once you commit, yeah. like, the Nets to Kevin Durant and Kyrie and Harden and get in, and now Simmons, get in that salary hell or the Lakers, yeah. like, you ain't getting out of it. So you better find a way to keep adding somehow. Somebody get Kelly McCrimmon on the phone. <laughs> Because he knows how to circumvent the cap. Oh, okay. See what I'm saying? I didn't know if that yeah, was and they that. fired the head coach, too, you know. Kenny Atkinson was the developmental coach. He lasted a, a single season with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the bench. They fired the developmental coach. They went and they got Steve Nash, who was the third, you know, of the big three, you know, the whole uh, announcement of him. The guy's not a coach. He doesn't know how to coach players. You know, he's a great player. He's all famer. It's just despair in Brooklyn right now, I, if you're a Nets fan, I think. How many are there? <laughs> <laughs> My brother, one. <laughs> I still am, even you know, in spite of the fact that they bolted New Jersey. So I hated that. that that's what I hated I when they left. I want to see him do well. Yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of Nets fans were like, well, screw them. Going to Brooklyn, and now you're going to be little brother to the Knicks. So you laughed at the Knicks potentially getting him. How the, many the years Knicks, ago? The, well, the, I think the Knicks basically decided a week ago – and I know a lot of Knicks fans are yelling about it. Like, you're not getting Kevin Durant. No. You're not getting Brad Beal. Um, unfortunately, that organization has to operate under the reality that James Dolan owns the team. And I think a lot of players look at him and they're like, it's a freaking clown show. So then you have to do things that are creative and probably overpay for a guy like Brunson. Yep. Uh, Brunson, there, there's so much, and I talked about this the other day, there's so many different reasons why he's going to be a Nick. I mean, it's inevitable. I mean, it's incestuous. Leon Rose's son is his agent, probably the biggest reason of them all. Uh, it's just, it's, it's incestuous. His dad's on the staff, Rick Brunson? His dad is on the staff, yeah. yeah. Brunson's going to be a Nick. So I heard a whole pitch today on uh, Doug Gottlieb's show that uh, potentially overpaying Brunson is worth it because he w he'll be not only a good player but a good organizational guy, that he'll be able to carry the water and act like an adult. Because he's got ties to the coaching staff on the front office, kind of interesting thought. Never, I never thought of that one. But you know, if you're gonna have a you know a, a clown show on your hand, and there's guys who are gonna misbehave and not be team players, and at least you have someone in there who's leading got, by character, who's who's got good character, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So interesting choice by Brunson too, because he's leaving the opportunity to play with you know one of the top five players in the world and and Luca yeah. to go to the uh, interesting show that is the Knicks. All right, on the way back. Let's get a quick update on what's going on, because I missed the beginning of the week, but what's going on in Oakland and this whole relocation fee thing. And I've had people asking me on Twitter, DMing me, hey, do you still believe the A's have no chance of coming to Las Vegas? We'll find out. Enter to win a $100 gas card every 15 minutes from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. every Thursday here at Silver 7's and the William Hill Raisin Sportsbook. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Lots of great stuff going on across the 
LV Sports Network platform for sports stations right now on Raider Nation 920. Got the uh, Aviators game going down in Round Rock, bottom three. Scoreless game. I have some updated scoreless game. Coal numbers for you, just to let you know. Stick your hand in there, Dave. It's very important that Willie ties things up. He felt like I was getting on him about betting against Garrett Cole. No, I was giving you some updated stuff for you to bet Garrett, against him. Garrett Cole betters have won $319 this year, but Willie said you know, he looks often to bet against him. There are one, two, three, four, five teams that he has a 4.0 career ERA or higher. Okay. Red Sox, Reds, Marlins, Dodgers, Mets. So awesome. Get ready for interleague play mm. if he's up. Lots of NL play there, so that'll Better be a lot against. of value. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I was being sarcastic. Back in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Willie's going to kill me after the show. <laughs> he's fired up. <laughs> he's very, he's very, he's very fired up. All right. So. Yeah. Big vote came down. I don't really want to do this every day because I've never believed that this was real. What's the big vote in Oakland with the A's? Looks like it's over. Looks like it's done. San Francisco Bay Conservation and Development Commission voted to remove the port priority use designation for Howard Terminal, opening up the site for the Oakland Athletics' potential $12 billion mixed-use ballpark project. Uh, Many of the speakers that were there said this is bigger than baseball. And uh, it, it passed, and there's 56 acres of land centered around a $1 billion waterfront ballpark. It'll include 18 acres of public parks and open space, housing, hotels, and an amphitheater. Great to use Vegas as leverage. You did it. When did, the, when did the A's announce the site they're going to build a stadium here? When is that announcement coming? They were, they've were they been counting down for well, six I'll, months. I'll, I'll give me when, a, when, when do we get number one? I'm back on tomorrow. Yeah. By then, I'll go look at everybody who's put out sources yeah. and hearing in capital sources. Hearing. Right. Two sites. I'll, I'll let you know. Listen, is there a possibility this could fall apart? Of course. But just so you know, Danielle, we've never believed on this show that the A's were coming here. We were being used as a negotiating pawn. They have done a countdown with one media member about having 12 sites, then eight, then four, then two. Oh, the site, we're going to announce it. Like, they never announced it because it's all been a negotiating game, just like the news the other day. Oh, Major League Baseball may not charge the $1 billion relocation fee. That was just more pressure on Oakland right. because they were banking on that, like, oh, the A's don't have the money to relocate. That's all that was. As if they really thought that all the owners would get a majority vote to go ahead and waive those relocation fees. It wasn't it just Can you imagine Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Colorado, Miami, all saying we don't want a relocation fee? Okay. Yeah. Not going to happen. Okay. Now, but, but now, what they've done is they've, they've at least they've gotten everyone outside the market excited for the possibility that there could be an expansion team here. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Rob Manfred the other day said he wants to expand it to sure. 32 teams. Yeah. This would be perfect. Here, Montreal. Get it done. And that's what I've been saying is that at this point, expansion is organic is better. Organic growth, a new team, build your own fans. Yeah. You don't need another relocation. And the same with the NBA. It's going to be Seattle and Vegas, brand new teams, and so grow organically. Let me throw this out. If you can't get clubs like Cincinnati and Pittsburgh to spend the money you give them, like to the tune of $175 million a year with rev sharing and TV money. Why are you expanding? 
you have two markets where the owners don't give a rat's ass and choose not to compete. Either make them spend the money or move them. Well, I thought that was the whole idea behind the new CBA is like they were trying to put in these these benchmarks and these. We had a lockout. I know. We had a lockout and then a red zoner comes out within a month and he's like, system still sucks. Like, why? Then lock out the whole year and fix it. Yeah. Well, they tried to put in these these benchmarks and these these things to, to, to not, you know, to avoid the tanking. And you've got the Reds and the, and the Pirates that are just disgraceful. It's... It's it's just not it, it and that's that's what takes away from the game and what they don't realize is that's what turns the fans off and then you have like Steve said because we touched on that that week was it's you have this Reds owner that making the a mockery of its fan its fan base he, he said where else are you gonna go yeah to the fans clowning them like we're not gonna go to the games how about that and again the other counterpoint to Pittsburgh and Cincinnati we can't compete is the Twins and the Rays. The Twins are one of the great examples because the dad, Carl Polad, was a cheap bastard, wouldn't spend money, and was like, oh, we're small market. The kids come in, they're like, yeah, let's spend money. And yeah. they go get Carlos Correa. They're, they don't win in the playoffs, but they've been consistently good, and the Rays are an awesome organization. One more time in the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, so give Danielle your question about uh, folks like Serena Williams moving on. Oh, yeah. You know, great athletes move on, and so, you, you so- kind of get sad because an ear is done and – well, you just well, got explain it. <laughs> Good. Tell so me. Serena, so Serena, obviously, we may have seen her last stage, right? Yeah. So, she, so it got me to thinking, which athletes, and you're younger than us, but have you seen grow old? It's been sad for you to see grow old, and like you know, I'm not sure. Like I put Kobe on that list because I think he went out at. His, I mean, they, he didn't win the title, and he wasn't. But it was he. 20 years, it was a benchmark, there was a story behind, you know, there was a great storyline. But where it's like, wow, it's sad that... Derek Jeter. Okay. I was at Derek Jeter's... My first Yankee game was in 2000... And, I mean, I'm sorry, 1996, I think it was. It was his first year. Um, and he was the shortstop for my entire life. From when I was in, like, you know, third grade, all the way through when I was graduated college. He was the shortstop of the New York Yankees every single day. And I was lucky enough, I had 30 tickets to his last game. 30 tickets. Group sales with the Yankees, and it just worked out. That's how it worked out. And, uh, you know, I there was a chance in that game that he was not going to get up again. And I just started getting, like, a little bit emotional. Yeah. And he did get up again, as everybody knows. And, you know, or fantasy comes reality was Michael K's call on ESPN. Uh, whatever, but... You know, Derek Jeter would be the one for me that I saw. Like, my first game was in his almost first year. And, you know, I saw his whole career through. No, that's how it was for me with Kobe. But I didn't obviously cover him. But when he first came here in 1995 for the big-time tournament, which Sonny Vaccaro brought the Adidas to, to his his goal was to put Nike out of business in terms of AAU hoops here, uh, it was supposed to be the year of the big man. Tim Thomas, Lester Earl, right? Tim Thomas from Patterson, New Jersey. But uh, there's a lot of big guys. And Ronnie Fields was Kevin Garnett's former high school teammate, and he was out here in the Nike event. Bibby, Mike Bibby was out here. Well, the kid that emerged after going to Team Neck, New Jersey, for the ABCD camp, yeah, and he comes out here for the yeah. for the big time, Team and he emerges as the number one guy was Kobe Bryant. I got to cover him, all, shadow him all week. USA Today at that time, there, was, there wasn't online stuff. There weren't high school websites. There wasn't 
all these 24-7 and rivals. Varsity Aces, Twitter, yeah. No, it was was USA Today every Monday morning picking up the paper, see who the top ten was. And and I got to uh, cover him for that. So to watch him go and progress in that 20 years. But for me, the number one, as I told Steve, that I was ringside for was Muhammad Ali. Oh, is that what you guys were talking about when I walked up? I watched him lose to Larry Holmes. Yeah, that's a rough one. That's that's worse than any basketball, football, or baseball player retiring. You know, getting old and retiring, and yeah. to see a fighter get you know his bell rung, get annihilated. Not good. Not good. We'll have to build on this thought. This is a good one for tomorrow too. I wonder how many fans of crappy teams like have that player. You know, even though they were terrible for like 15 years, have that player who walks away. Because I don't know that I have a New York Jet. Isn't that sad? Winker bet. Yeah. What? <laughs> the guy had to retire because he had too many concussions. He was. I loved Winker Bet. Tomorrow I'll tell you a story about Mark Gastineau. Oh, that's, he's that's, another that's, good that, one. That's a good one. We are out of here. Thanks to uh, Silver Sevens for housing the show. Get on down here. A play card. Lots of free giveaways. We'll see you.